Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, an occasional podcast for aficionados of Arkham Horror, the card game. The nights are drawing in, dark clouds mass on the horizon, and a tale has come to town of a certain play. A play we don't exactly want to know about, but can't help asking about either. Into this tricky time comes an unlikely hero, a hero we're going to focus this entire episode upon. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Back to uh, my, my flat in Edinburgh. Uh, so... Yeah, I've stayed in pretty much the same place. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now I'm joined by two stray cats. Oh, wow. Popular this morning. Hopefully they won't cause too much, too many problems. Yeah, I hope so too. Listen out for meowing, listener. So you probably guessed from that intro, this is another one of our investigator-specific episodes. If you're new to the podcast and haven't heard them before, sometimes we like to take a single investigator and really get stuck in about things we found that work well with them, ways to deal with their deficiencies and weaknesses, the sort of decks we've seen people build and play with them, and also sometimes we touch on the difference between playing them multiplayer or playing them solo. So who are we focusing on today, Peter? Well, today we thought we'd look at the secretary, Min Tai Fan. Indeed. This is exciting for me as well because this is our first Carcosan Investigator-specific episode, and also it means that Seeker is the first faction for us that we've covered two separate investigators for. We haven't done one of these Investigator-specific episodes in quite a while, I don't think, have we? We looked, no, looked no, at a couple, of the, a, a couple of the Dunwich Investigators, but haven't gone back since. Yeah. And I think the striking thing as well, from what we can see, is that hopefully you guys like these episodes because they're pretty specific. So yeah, so without further ado, tell us about the front of Min's card, Peter, or would you like me to? I'm fine to do the front. You can do the back. Okay, great. So we have uh, Min Taifan. She is the secretary and she is an assistant, which I think will you'll see why she's an assistant later when we talk about more of the stuff about her card. So stat-wise, yeah. she's got Willpower 4 and Intellect 4, and then she has Combat 2 and Agility 2, 7 Health and 7 Sanity. She has a Reaction Ability. After an Investigator at your location commits a card to a skill test, that card gains a Wild Icon until the end of the test. Limit once for each Investigator per round. And her Elder Sign effect is plus 1. You may choose a skill card committed to this skill test and return it to its owner's hand after this test ends. You can depend on me to guide you through the unknown. Yes, you can. Very much. I love how clean her stat line is. The sort of the 7 7 health sanity and the 4 4 2 2. To me, there's such sort of simplicity there, and it actually hides a lot of, a lot of depth for what her strengths and weaknesses are. I think it's it's an interesting one. We've talked before about offensive and defensive stats, but the the four willpower gives her a good shot against the uh, the encounter deck, and the four intellect makes her quite good at investigating as well. So as long as she's got someone else on hand to deal with enemies, then you know she she's in a pretty good position. Yeah, the other investigator I think of with two two on the tail end of their stats is Daisy Walker, the librarian, and. Any Daisy player worth their salt knows that you have to have thought of ways of of dealing with that. That might be something as simple as, I'm going to have 
a combat-related character always be with me, or it could be something a little bit more tricksy, as we'll see when we talk about Min, whether that's using something not from the Seeker faction to sort of bolster that deficiency, or it might also be running cards like Mind Over Matter, or I've Got a Plan, ways of sort of buffing up that presumed weak point. Should we talk a little bit about her reaction ability here? Yeah, let's. This, I think, I don't know, I'll have to go back and listen to our, our, our first look at Path to Carcosa and see what we thought of it back then. But I don't know whether I was maybe a bit underwhelmed by her ability. Always thought it would be mm. interesting, but not a particularly flashy or exciting one. But actually, it's, I think it's really good. I find ways to use it pretty much every turn, if not just for me, but then also for my teammates as well. Yeah. If you tried to produce the similar effect in an equivalent investigator, what it would normally equate as is an extra card, because for that extra single icon, there were very few ways of adding extra icons apart from adding another card to get you from plus two to plus three or plus one to plus two, or perhaps boosting by paying a resource on some kind of talent that boosts a stat. So to say that you essentially get a free card or a free resource per turn just for committing to tests is is fairly incredible. And then when you say, well, actually, it's not just you. Each investigator at your location once around can can add a wild icon. That's That's really striking. To go back to what you said, I think we got caught up on the fact that it says um, a card to a skill test, and some people have misread that as a skill card to a skill test, and it ends up being a little bit sort of confusing about it's it's any card you can throw in a as long as it has an icon so you can commit it to the test you could throw in a I don't know a, a shortcut for its willpower icon but add a wild icon so then it has plus two rather than plus one I think what it really lets the rest of your team do and I I think Min is is. Well, I will come on to this when we talk about her deck building. I think she's a very good support character and works well in a team. What the ability yeah. lets everyone else in your team do is push themselves that little bit further. On standard, you know, we're aiming for two over the, the skill test, generally, uh, unless it's later in the campaign with the bag generally gets harder. She lets people yeah. who are one below the target difficulty hit that, that threshold as well. Yeah, you're you're right. I think also when you do that step up from standard to hard, where you're hoping to go from about plus two to about plus three, you can still, if you have min in your party, be only committing a single double icon card, manual dexterity or overpower. But because min is giving you the wild icon, within a single card, you're getting a plus three, which starts to be really useful as well. There's not chucking in multiple cards for each test to try and reach that, reach that sweet spot. She's kind of has this global effect of just upping everyone's ability a little bit, which is really strong. And then her Elder Sign effect is quite an interesting one. I think this also leads to some confusion. You may choose a skill card committed to this skill test to return to its owner's hand after this test ends. So if someone has committed a test, a skill card to your test, you can give them back that card. But also if you've committed a, a deduction or a resourceful or any of these really powerful class-specific skills, you can get multiple uses out of it. I don't think I've ever had this go off and give me back a skill card. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I've, had a, <laughs> I've had a deduction level two return to my hand. <laughs> like oh, nice. Three clues and a deduction level two? Okay. Yeah. I, I have been playing with someone when they got this ability to go off, but I've just never 
never drawn the Elder Sign token while a skill card, rather than just a card, has been committed to it to yeah. a skill test. And let's let's just keep that in mind. We won't go further down that alleyway, but let's keep that in mind that her Elder Sign is only one one of the three card types, skill cards. It's not just return a card to your hand. And because that might have an effect when we start talking about deck building. So I'm going to look at the back of her card now. We've got a bit of a sense that she's maybe a powerful support character. So she's a deck size of 30. That's the normal deck size. Her deck building options are seeker cards level 0 to 5, neutral cards level 0 to 5, and then survivor cards level 0 to 2. So she follows the corset pattern of a, a main class and an off class up to level 2. And then her deck building requirements, which don't count towards her deck size, are Analytical Mind, The King in Yellow, Act 1, with one random basic weakness. So really there's nothing majorly shocking there. It's a very standard deck pattern. But what's interesting is that combination of orange and red. It kind of hints that she's, although she's looking for something, she's not necessarily been thrust into the mythos of her own volition. And when you read the backstory, this this is the case that she ended up working for a man who read the King in Yellow and sucked her into the the world of Eldritch Monstrosities. Yeah, and he, he lent her the book, but she dared not read past the first act, which is probably a good thing, but it means that she now has the lure of the, of the first act weighing upon her mind. Yeah, well, we, we know from our cast on the King in Yellow that even just the, the first few words of the second act are enough to, to send you insane. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting combination there of Seeker-Survivor. I played a few Survivor cards for a while in Rex, so I've had a little bit of experience in that, and I'm anyway a big Survivor fan. But the nice thing, I think, is that because we know Survivor only goes up to level 3 in terms of experience currently, it means that she has access to all of the level 0, all of the level 1, all of the level 2, so that are really very few cards that she doesn't have access to, I think, off the top of my head, will survive a Quinna level 3 try and try again. Yeah, and, and that last one's a bit of a shame, actually, because it, it's a skill card related, or is it card related? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, experience yeah, skill upgrade. Related. Skill card yeah. related, experience upgrade, which works more or less like her Elder Sign effect, actually. Yeah. Yeah, or it's a, it's it's the sort of the flip side of it. It's if you fail yeah, a test so if the skill card committed, you get it back. So you could sort of always <laughs> either pull an Elder Sign and get it back, or fail and get it back. It'd be a sort of very small window where you're not returning cards to your hand. Be that as it may, let's not um, get caught up in, in missing cards that we can't run. What it does mean is that she has access to cards like Lucky and Upgraded Lucky, Peter Sylvester, if Peter Sylvester is your jam, Stray Cat, I know you're very fond of, and some of the survivor tricks and shenanigans like scavenging, the shovel and the lantern. There are lots of different different. There's all the exile cards as well. Things. Yeah. There's all the exile cards as well. Yeah, so Test of Will and Devil's Luck. Stroke of Luck. Very powerful in her hands. Yeah, a whole mixture of things. Although you can think of her as just your, your main clue grabber in your party... Because she has access to all sorts of slightly situational, but also sort of responding to the vicissitudes of a scenario cards, that means that you you can build this quite interesting, reactive, robust deck. And that's only supported, I'd say, also by her pretty strong health and sanity. Right, signature cards. 
Do you want to read Analytical Mind? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So this is a three-cost asset, Analytical Mind, between the lines. So it has two wild icons. It's a talent and has the text, Mintai Fan Dekun, which is to be expected. You may commit one card to each skill test performed by an investigator at another location. And then it has reaction. After you commit exactly one card to a skill test, exhaust analytical mind, draw one card. So yeah, I think this is this is a really, really potent signature ability. Yeah, I am inclined to agree. I think three cost puts it up there with Roland's special and the heirloom of Hyperborea. And this blows both of those out of the water, I'd say. It's an incredibly powerful card. It, it changes the way you, the entire way you play when, you, when you're out playing Min. It's real, when you get this down, it's a real, it's, it's a total change in how you're operating during that scenario. Because really, a Min can stay in one place and be throwing yeah. skill cards into other investigators' tests. And at the same time, continuing to burn through her deck because of the extra draw. Yeah, yeah. The the classic thing of being a support character is you have to be where, where the people who need the support are. And what Analytical Mind does is it essentially breaks down some of the rule text of the game. This idea of you have to be with someone to commit cards to their tests. Min can say, actually, no longer do I need to do that. I could be in a central location somewhere in the middle of a scenario and I could come and help people if they need me to but I can also stay put and be just throwing cards out in their general direction even if it means you've only split up by a single location if your fighter has gone before you have moved into a location to fight you're not going oh damn if only Min was with me because she could be committing cards to my test it's like well she can and she can do it from a location away or two locations away so yeah it's, it's very powerful I think particularly that if you're only throwing out single cards, and because of her reaction ability, which adds a wild icon, single cards get better in and of themselves. You're not even committing a card at that point. You're just adding icons and drawing a new card and filling that space, which I just think is incredible. You can reach this point where you have eight cards in hand, and you're actually trying to find things to throw them to because you're always drawing a single card. It can be, yeah, incredibly powerful. The other thing that is has occurred to me as I've been playing with Analytical Mind, it's sometimes easy to forget that it only works one way. And all of the other uh, investigators yes. start to take for granted that they can chuck in skill cards into anyone's test, which they can't yeah. do, obviously. So, so you have to make sure that you're keeping a track of where everyone is, who's putting skill cards in, who's got the plus one bonus from Min's yeah. front of Min's card. Yeah, her location, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it it can get a bit, it can get complicated. So you you definitely have to have an analytical mind to keep track of what's happened. <laughs> very good, very good. I actually keep when I play min multiplayer, I keep little. I normally just use clue tokens on my investigator card because I don't put clues there, and I have a clue token pointing in the direction of each player. And when they've used their wild icon in a turn, I flip it to its doom side. So there's a, you know, a little comp so I can actually see, okay, you've used your wild. Because particularly if someone commits a card in the mythos phase and, and I give them a wild because I'm at the same location, it might be then later in the turn, if they're only taking their turn third or fourth in the investigation phase, 
they could have forgotten that they've used that wild or I could have forgotten I'd given it to them. You know, that could be 12 tests later that they're taking a test and they're saying, okay, now give me a give me a wild icon. Just just tracking that requires a little bit of, of secretarial work, I suppose. Yeah. I have a friend who uses the investigator cards of other investigators. He has his own set and he flips them over flips to their right side when he's used them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite smart as well. The other thing that I'm puzzled by this card is what thematically it represents because we we, we, we joke about uh, the encyclopedia just being you know you're fighting a monster and daisy standing in the corner <laughs> reading out pages from the encyclopedia to you but but analytical mind is, is it min shouting through everything or what <laughs> <laughs> she's i mean as i just said it does break down the rules of the game you know the rules say you don't commit cards if you're not at the same location and it's almost it's almost matrix esque, isn't it? That she sees the reasons why you can't do that, and yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. I'm I'm coming more and more around to the idea of this like slightly impressionistic understanding of you know when you play Doctor Milan on the table, that doesn't mean that he's actually turned up and is helping you. It might mean that you've you sent him a telegram saying I'm running into these issues and I, th- you know, this is what I've just seen or this is what I found. What do you think of it? Because, yeah, you know, yeah. Dr. Milan, Dr. Milan gives you resources we understand by sort of writing back to you and saying, well, that's amazing because I've thought of this, this, this. You know, Similarly, Leo De Luca, when you play him, it's not that you've now got a man next to you who's saying, you can do more. It's that he's gone off and is doing things for you. You, know, you might never be at the same place as you. Yeah. So analytical mind falls into that camp of it's this weird thing where, I mean, it's interesting as well. It's her reading the book. You almost feel like it's just her understanding the meaning behind things without. Yeah, that's as far as I've got. (laughs) Or she's potentially briefed everyone else beforehand. And they're remembering all the things she's she's told them about what could happen. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Speaking of books that she likes reading. Oh, amazing. What a segue. <laughs> I thank you. Where's the one... Joe Blues? <laughs> <laughs> There's one book in particular that she very much admires, and that is The King in Yellow, Act One. This is her signature weakness, and it's an asset weakness, and it's a tome, just like Daisy Walker has a tome. It takes up one hand slot. Revelation, put the king in yellow into play in your threat area. It cannot leave play except through the reaction ability below. So cannot is absolute. You cannot commit exactly one or two cards to a skill test. Reaction, after a skill test is successful, in which Minty Fan has committed at least six matching skill icons for that test, discard the king in yellow. Some big numbers. So analytical mind gets immediately shut down by this this idea of throw in one card get a card back support people from wherever you are you can't do it you can only commit a single card to other investigators tests anyway and this says you're not helping anyone at this point yeah it's it's really frustrating when it appears and in my opinion you should always have a plan or at least some of a plan in place to get rid of it if you draw it as your next card because it it effectively based on how strong Min's ability is how good her signature asset is. If you're not able to do those things, then you're in a real, real tough situation. So getting rid of the king in yellow should be at the back of your mind most of the time. In addition, I think we both tend to find Min draws a lot of cards. 
so she'll often burn yeah. right through her deck. So you're likely to see the King in Yellow at some point, once, if not twice, in a scenario. Yeah, she has this great tension between she has some of the most efficient ways of dealing with it, getting a full hand, having enough cards to commit, but also she's more likely to see it, so it's more likely to completely stymie her. The, the other thing that's striking about it is you need the relevant test to be able to get rid of it. So if, for instance, you've got a bunch of willpower icons in your hand, you then need a willpower test to, to commit to. You can't, you know, take a willpower test for no reason. Luckily, investigation, there's almost always times when you can take an intellect test. But there are some times when, you know, there aren't clues around. There's no investigating to be done. And you're sitting with a hand chock full of intellect icons and unable to clear it. So that's that's worth bearing in mind as well. You know, particularly if you're having to do a quick evade or you're, you are hoping to do a bit of fighting, you've got one or two cards in hand and the rest are intellect icons. That can really put a spanner in the works. On those six matching icons, you can add a wild yourself. So that takes that takes it down to five that, that you need on your cards. And yes. then of those five, because you have to commit three cards minimum because you can't commit one or two. So that means you could have a pair, a pair and a single icon. And that's how you're going to clear it. So interestingly, cards like Inquiring Mind or Rise to the Occasion that both have three wild icons on them, they help you with hitting this, the six matching icons. But actually, they don't lower the number of cards you're going to need to commit. You're still going to need to commit two more because you have to commit three at three minimum. Yeah. We have a bit of a sense now of Min. There's definitely a huge support bent to what she's doing there's also this idea that she could be supporting people when she's not with them and from her elder sign effect there's this idea about skill cards as well so actually there's a whole there's a whole different range of directions that you could take her so maybe we should just talk about possible deck styles for min and we've each built at least two decks for her haven't we so maybe worth touching on the broader ideas behind certain decks. Do you want to kick us off with the deck that you've been playing, having fun with? Yeah, well, the, the first deck I'll mention briefly is my blind playthrough deck. And actually, the other deck I've built is a, is a bit of a spin-off of this as well. So I focused on the interaction of a chance encounter, which yeah. allows me to put an ally into play from a discard pile, and then it's discarded again at the end of the turn. Or end of the round, is it? At the end of the round. And then also Resourceful, which allows me to, to return a chance encounter to my hand and play it again, together with art students and laboratory assistants who have an effect when they come into play. So I can cycle those, those cards through quite well, uh, and it gives me a lot of buffer to, to soak up damage and, and horror as well. So it's quite easy for, for Min to take a few hits. Yeah. Put in... How many skill cards have I got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 skill cards. Okay. Leaning into skill cards. Yeah. Focused a lot in the rest of my deck on either intellect icons or wild icons. Mm. I did this initially because I was worried about the her weakness coming up. But actually I found it was easier to spread them out a bit because other people tend to be taking tests that aren't intellect. And she's committing cards to her own skill tests less often. Yeah. And then I've got a smattering of other cards in the deck. We've got Archaic Glyphs, which, you know, is back do something later on in the campaign. Yeah, it's not an inconsiderable economy card. I mean, it's slow, but there, there is a, a payout. Yeah, and it, yeah, 
yeah, three actions for five money. And actually, I don't have any other money cards in the deck. I don't have yeah. no, no Milan, no emergency cash, stuff like that, because most of the stuff tends to be relatively inexpensive. Yeah, looking at the cost curve of that deck, you have a single card that costs three, which is the king in yellow, and everything else costs two or lower. Yeah. And in fact, you've got you've got seven two cost cards, seven one cost cards, and everything else is zero. So yeah. That's really half the deck that costs zero because of all of those skills and, and some zero cost events. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You 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 said the king in yellow, but you meant Alice of Mind, Frank. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Do you not pay three when you play the King in Yellow? <laughs> it's bad enough already. So it, it's actually it's quite a lean deck. There's there's not much meat to it. You tend to draw most of it. You're just drawing and committing skill cards, really, which I think is is the core of Min. Yeah, I, I think she really cries out in a way for that. Or one possible avenue is this ally army route because she has access to a chance encounter and can recycle them, which feels really nice. I mean, her, her four intellect is great, but playing art students is also lovely in Min and just having a little sanity buffer and just continuing to kind of keep cycling through them and using them to protect or, or committing them. It's worth noting as well that lab assistants and art student both have a single intellect icon, so they help if you're building towards that five intellect icon threshold for clearing King in Yellow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and one of the reasons I didn't put cash in a conscious decision because it doesn't have any icons on it. And the same with Lucky as well. I think because I've got two resourceful in there, I could be tempted to put in two upgraded Luckies. But mm-hmm. I tend to find Min isn't taking many high impact tests herself. Yeah. And I think where Lucky starts to really shine in her is when you're playing I'd say solo, which I'll probably explain if we talk more about solo, but also when the king in yellow is out and you can no longer commit single cards to tests. And at that point, the, the strength of Lucky is that you're you're giving yourself a plus two, but you're holding on to it until you need it. And even when the king is yellow is out, you can still play Lucky, which is fantastic. I had this yesterday playing Min by myself and I couldn't commit anything else, but I could still take tests knowing that I had this little buff in hand. And then I drew um, dissonant voices and I couldn't play events either. And I was very sad. <laughs> so so I, I'll, I'll briefly talk about my other deck. Yeah, let's. Where, so where does this ally army take you as an idea? Well, I, I did a spin on this with Calling in Favours as well, which is a card that's only just come out. Calling in Favours returns a an ally to your hand, to its owner's hand. And then you search yeah. the top nine cards of your deck for an ally and put that into play, reducing the cost by the cost of the ally you've just returned to your hand. Great. You can tr- it's amazing, yeah. You can trade up an ally, you can you get one back to your hand, and then you get another one with that cost reduction. So obviously this is good with the comes into play abilities. So I can replay an art student or a laboratory assistant for its comes into play effect and get another ally yeah. at the same time. The other sneaky benefit is that if you've played an ally with a chance encounter, so it's come back from your discard pile and you return it to your hand, doesn't disappear from play at the end of the turn. Wow, so it goes yeah. from your discard in play, comes back to your hand, you get another ally out of your deck potentially, and then you can replay the yeah. one in your hand. So you could potentially play an art student out of your discard pile, get a clue, rescue the art student, play a lab assistant, get two cards, 
pieces from Call of the Favors, then later play that art student again and get another clue. So you've got, you've gained two clues and two cards for a cost of two, <laughs> two resources and two yeah. actions and two cards. It's pretty, pretty good. And you also stuck it. The clue pain is killers, a particularly fact. strong bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I stuck some painkillers in the deck as well, because you can, as as these allies are, are in transit through the board, you can easily stick some some horror onto them. Uh, if they return to your hand, or if they're going to the discard anyway, then you know what's the harm? And it helps yeah. heal heal Min as well if she's taking any damage. I think you'll generally find you've got plenty of soak for horror anyway, so I didn't didn't consider smoking pipe as much. And then. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. I, I haven't tested it too much yet. I'd be keen to do that to see what it looks like. But it's, it's kind of the idea that Min's special ability is a Rolodex, and she's just ca- calling, calling, calling friends, calling Milan, calling lab assistants, and uh, Malison as well. Yeah, when we talked about this as an idea, we were set. We sort of said, well, what what strengths does it actually give you that just buffing your intellect doesn't give you? And of course, you're getting testless clues, which is is good. But what you're also getting is this huge horror soak and potentially damage soak. But that still doesn't actually get rid of enemies if they're on you. So it it still potentially means that you could end up floundering if you get mobbed by enemies because they'll kill your allies and that shuts down the kind of the flow of allies. But also you don't want to be playing chance encounter or calling in favours while you're engaged with an enemy. So... She's sort of she's still a scaredy cat in this setup, and still definitely needs to be paired with someone who can take enemies off her. I would say, but yeah, it's a strong. I think it's a strong, interesting build. So, how about yourself? What what, what are your min decks looking like at the moment? Yeah, good question. Well, we went down a pretty similar build, I would say, with art students and lab assistants, and I played min in a three player through Dunwich, and ended up with a fairly similar build but what i wanted to try out a little bit was the hiding spot barricade sweet tech and i've mentioned hiding spot a couple of times in recent episodes so listeners probably won't be surprised but min in particular doesn't want to deal with enemies and barricade in her hands is a great range of icons that she can commit to things and when she has analytical mind down she can sit in a corner and have enemies that turn up there be aloof and stop enemies moving into her location if they wanted to and then what i also wanted to try out was in the know which allows her to investigate another location so i ended up combining a bunch of those cards together and trying that out and it was all right yeah well these are all cards i I definitely wanted to try a barricade min deck because i think with analytical mind as you say you can reasonably lock yourself in a room and solve the mystery without actually having to venture outside We've hinted at this before, but we might be seeing the seeker who doesn't range around the, the map hoping for help. The seeker who stays in one place and lets other people go out and open locations. I wonder if we'll see a seeker card that allows you to flip a location from its unrevealed side without entering it. That would that would really push all of this. You don't have to go there yourself. Cards up another gear. You know, make seeking answers a little bit stronger, make in the know stronger. So yeah, that'd be pretty powerful. So there's this sort of yeah, very defensive min, and that's I suppose one of the ways of dealing with with enemies and with the encounter deck is sort of turtling. And you can also then buff that up with Malison 
avoiding drawing things you don't want to draw with forewarned. I mean, if you wanted to spend experience as well on test of will, you could do. So you become this really defensive character who really doesn't want to interact with Indian State. So that's that's one option. I think the striking thing as well is you said you want to try hiding spot and barricade. I think that's a different deck than the Ally Army, as far as I can tell. You know, yeah, there's yeah, enough yeah. there's enough moving parts that they feel now we've now got enough cards in the game where it's not about taking a couple out and putting a couple more in. It's actually about, you know, building Min from the ground up as this you know, either she's she's got the Rolodex or it's that she's not engaging with people. Yeah, I I think I, I, we said this before about LCGs, but they, they sort of hit a, a sweet spot sometime into the second cycle, in my experience, where the number of deck archetypes hits a critical mass. You've got enough cards to really add some flavour to your deck, so it spills over and yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose the thing is, with some of the factions, I don't feel that that's the case. So with Mystic, say, it's very hard to justify not taking Shriveling or with Guardian taking four weapons, you know, it's hard to, to reach that point where there aren't auto-includes. But with Min, if someone said, oh, I'm running Min and I'm not running any allies apart from Dr. Milan, I wouldn't go, oh, you've, you've messed up, you've got it wrong. I'd go, oh, okay, you know, you're, you're doing a different thing with Min and that's fine. And yeah, it just that's, that's what's really struck me about her. There are so many routes. Because another route, one that I haven't built yet, is the scavenging route. And using scavenging, leather coat, and cherished keepsake as your your defenses, you know, buffing up your health and sanity, and also then using gravedigger shovel and lantern and scavenging all of those things back because she has naturally high intellect, and that that I think is you know that's ten assets if you take two of each that I've just named there, and that's immediately like a different spine of a deck that she could probably run really well. I suppose you then run a bunch of more seekery events and skills to get enough icons up there and hey presto okay so my experience of min has mostly been playing her multiplayer so i'm pitching in cards to other people's tests you have yeah some experience playing her solo or at lower player counts frank yeah. Yeah, yeah of course i i sort of took this almost as a as a homework challenge to get in a bit of solo min play and see how see how it went yeah well i mean she, her ability doesn't really lend itself to being to playing solo, does it? In fact, her well, she, she still gives herself an extra icon, but you you use her ability less because you're only using it for yourself yeah. each round. Analytical mind becomes worth it only for the card draw rather than for the the test committing. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have other people around to have your back if the king in yellow shows up. Yeah. So I th- what I'm saying is, it sounds like you've made life difficult for yourself. <laughs> And I think that's probably true solo. That's probably one of the challenges of it. All of the weaknesses become more glaring, more dangerous. When I look at an investigator to play solo, we'll probably talk about this in more detail in another episode, the the low statistics are more important than the high ones. So looking at that two combat and two agility, that's, that's what draws my attention. And it's not that I'm a pessimist. It's saying that is the places that I'm going to fall down on if I'm not careful. And you're completely right. You can't rely on the Elder Sign effect to do much for you. You're only getting plus one a turn, not potentially giving out plus four. And yeah, Analytical Mind is three cost for a slowish card draw. So it's not, not as potent. So I thought about this quite hard. We talked about this with saying, well, you could lean into two statistics. You could lean into intellect and 
agility, for instance, and rely on some of the fun survivor evasion tricks like bait and switch, survival instinct, stray cat, some of those options to give Min a panic button. And then I was thinking, well, there are times in Solo where you have to kill something. You know, there's no other option. Or where killing something will get you the experience point, which is very useful. So then I started thinking about boosting combat instead of agility. And at that point, Survivor Seeker is a very interesting mixture of damage options. You've got, I've got, I've, I've got a plan. I had a plan. I've got a plan. To, I've got a plan, yeah. Potentially a lot of damage if you have enough clues. But, I mean, uh, quiz question, Peter. How many weapons are there in Seeker? <laughs> uh, well, none. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, non-weapons. Zero. Non-weapons. And you've only got, what have you got, a, a couple in Survivor? You've got Fire Axe and Baseball Bat, right? Oh, and you've and got... Shovel. A shovel. Shovel and Lantern. And lantern. The lantern's not technically a weapon, is it? It's not technically a weapon. It's sort of one action, one damage. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you've got the flare as well. If you yeah, if you want to spend XP, there are then <laughs> yes, the flare and the fire extinguisher. It's quite an interesting mix, and I've had I've had quite a lot of success with Wendy playing fire X, big boosts, sort of going up and down with with resources to try and boost. So I thought about fire X, and then I thought, well, hang on, Min actually. Like the the best weapon in terms of what it offers there, I think is actually baseball bat. It's a plus two combat and it's a reliable plus one damage. But the downsides are the two hands and losing it to tests if you draw the wrong token. Min can counteract some of those downsides. She can scavenge pretty efficiently. She doesn't necessarily need anything else in her hands because she already has quite good intellect. And she can also play resourceful and get back the baseball bat if she loses it. So I started building a slightly weird min baseball bat deck that has baseball bat to deal with little enemies because she fights at a four, which is fine for little enemies. Mm-hmm. And then using I've got a plan and I also upgraded the strange solution into the acidic icor. So I've got I've got a plan and acidic icor to deal with bigger enemies. And because I was then running some cards with combat icons on, that's then useful as well when you're doing an attack with Acidic Icor, you're fighting at a six. But if you're fighting the four fight enemy, maybe you want to be a bit higher than that. So I have Overpower in the deck and have some other cards with combat icons on them. And it, that that was my way of dealing with enemies. And I found it actually pretty powerful. I mean, I've, I've never been a, a massive fan of Baseball Bat, but that worked out pretty well. Um, there are a couple of cards I've drawn out from there that I wanted to mention that I thought were really strong in that. The first was Anatomical Diagrams, which comes with a, a willpower and a combat icon. The combat icon is very useful. Fast, play, play during any investigator's turn. Solo, you're going to play it on your own. Play only if you have five or more remaining sanity. So there is that caveat. Well, so is that, that's not too difficult to achieve with Min, is it? Yeah, particularly if you've had an ally take some horror for you in some way. But yeah, there is that risk that you, you hit a rotten remains early and draw tentacle and then and then anatomical diagrams is turned off for you for the rest of the game. But you choose a non-elite enemy at your location until the end of the active investigator's turn, they get minus two fight and minus two evade. So against a, a two 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 enemy, that takes them down to difficulty zero tests, which is incredible. But you can also use this on bigger enemies 
like, for instance, listen to this for Tasty, the servant of the lurker is not elite. Ah, interesting. And you can drop that down to two fight and then start waving on it with a baseball bat. Yeah, that's that's nice, yeah. Hot tip, don't then draw a skull with your first baseball bat swing. (laughs) Yeah. But the the nice thing is, if you hit the, the horror, you then have a plus two combat in anatomical diagrams to throw in if you need it because you, you can use your wild icon so it's still useful for for fighting if it stops being playable and then the other card that i just wanted to mention was fight or flight which i see as the sort of natural it's it's the survivor version i would say of anatomical diagrams one cost fast play only during your turn until the end of the round you get plus x combat and plus x agility where x is the amount of horror on you so once you've taken three or more horror and can no longer play anatomical diagrams, fight or flight is going to give you a bigger boost. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had, I had that. I think I ran two diagrams in one fight or flight, so and I had these options. And actually, yeah, once you've taken three, it's also better than mind over matter. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, which I also ran. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, and mind over matter is also useful because it's combat and agility icons. So yeah. in Min's hands, that's a plus two combat or a plus two agility if you need it. Yeah, balancing that. I mean, particularly when you've got a weapon that's giving you plus two, Mind Over Matter stops being as useful because I could pay one to go up to four, but I could just keep swinging with the baseball bat and be at four anyway. So you probably only use Mind Over Matter in those panic moments to get your agility high enough to evade and run away or something like that. But yeah, I found it found it pretty profitable. I actually passed one King and Yellow test with combat icons. Right. Because... I had enough. I had an overpower and a couple of other. I think I had a mind over matter and something else. And I, I had king and yellow down. I thought, great, just I'll just go plus six and thump this enemy. And luckily, I didn't pull a tentacle. So yeah. So that so solo is solo is an interesting one. I mean, I think I'm telling you about my specific experience. I think the thing you have to think about building solo to go back to the more general is how you're going to deal with those deficiencies. And I think Min is very strong anyway. So she feels less strong in solo, but she's still a strong investigator. Any investigator that has high willpower and high intellect is going to be all right solo, as long as they have a way of dealing with enemies. And I mean, we've not even touched as well on you can run Pathfinder and Fieldwork in Min, so she can be zipping around. You can run Disc of Examiner and Scavenging in Min, so you can be dealing with enemies by never like drawing them. You can forewarned enemies, you can malice in enemies, you can test of will enemies there's there are lots of options down the line okay well i, I guess the, the final word or final few words but what do we both enjoy particularly about playing min amazing question i like how different she is as a seeker i assumed that she was fairly similar particularly her stat line is almost the same as daisy but because she doesn't have the same tome interactions that daisy does you don't need to run those cards in her deck and as we've been hinting at, there's just such a wealth of options that you can go down with Min, whether that's ally army or just pure support, throwing skill cards to other people or scavenging build or leaning heavily on the survivor cards. There are just so many different options out there for, for her. And I I find the range quite exciting that someone could sit down opposite me and say, oh, I'm playing Min. And I don't go. Okay, I know. I know what cards you're going to be looking for. <laughs> you sort of. You, you have no idea. Well, well, Daisy definitely drives you in a particular direction with her Mystic subclass. 
It gives yeah. her a very particular flavour. And Min, with this, the survivor, doesn't necessarily give her a, a survivory feel, like Daisy's got a mystic-y feel. Just gives her lots of cool different options, which is kind of what the survivor class is like. Yeah, lots of, lots of different options, lots of tricks and and way different ways to do things. Yeah, survivor as a pool that you can dip into just feels very rich and interesting. There are so many cards that are more or less situational depending on who you're playing, and yeah, taking a look and thinking, okay, that that could work in this particular deck. It's really interesting. And and how about you? What 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 gets you going about men? Well, I mean, I, I sort of mirror what you said, really. That the the, the diff- way she, how different she plays from other seekers is is interesting. But I think to be a bit different from you, I, I like the idea of being a support character like her. That your job is to enhance the the abilities of the other investigators you're playing with. So even if you're not doing the impressive stuff yourself. You're assisting everyone else who is trying to do the impressive stuff. So yeah. if, if you've got a Safina at your location who's chucked in, double or nothing to a roll, you can quite reasonably give her plus four to a test, you know, if you've got an inquiring mind handy. Yeah, wow, yeah. Or in fact, you know, you can use both, you can commit a card and then use your ability on your skill card and on Safina's skill card as well. So you could chuck in, say, Unexpected Courage... Or even better, say a, gut, a, yeah. a guts to that test. You're giving them plus four to the test, and you're drawing, drawing two cards if it's successful. <laughs> Combo, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, it's very strong. I think part of that is that Seeker has gained more support tools. I remember way back in the days of the core set, getting to the third scenario, and our Daisy player. It was before there was enough support for her to be really incredible mystic splash. So she was more or less stuck to Encyclopedia, Old Book of Law, and Cryptic Research to draw people cards in Devourer Below because there are plenty of locations that you can't investigate with intellect. She's sort of then a fish out of water. But of course, now if I went back and played that, even Daisy could run things like anatomical diagrams or other just other supportive cards, you know, No Stone Unturned or something like that, that she could be sitting there and helping it's just that Min is actually a stronger choice for lots of those cards because she can also support with, with the wild icon and from a distance. Yeah. So yeah, in conclusion, try out Min if you want to explore the Survivor and the Seeker card pools. If you want a really flexible, really robust investigator. And if you like helping people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cool. We're, we're done, right? Yes, that's us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks very much for listening. You can get in touch with us if you'd like to on Facebook. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook. On Twitter, we're Drawn to the Flame. Or our email is drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for the recent emails. I'll be getting back to everyone soon if I haven't already. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm United everywhere. So I'm on Twitter, I'm on Reddit, I'm on Discord, all is United. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. And I'm FB on Twitter, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm Zoe Glass and Zozo around the place. And we also, this is a, uh, hopefully, I hope that this person has played Min, because this is a slightly odd episode to do it, but we wanted to do it as soon as we could. 
fan of the show, Alex has asked us to read out a message for him. And because, you know, we're basically a radio show, we'll, we'll read out messages. So, okay, imagine that I, this is in um, Alex's voice. Hey, Cherry Blossom, thank you for everything you do for our family. We love you so much. Especially thank you for letting me play this amazing game without so much as a complaint and for accepting me for who I am. Happy holidays, babe. Your short, nerdy husband, Alex. <laughs> oh, that's quite sweet. It's super sweet. I mean, we don't we, we don't want to turn this into a, a to a local radio station, but uh, that was it was a particularly nice message. That so I thought we'd read it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks very much for asking, Alex. Thanks for your kind comments about the podcast. And one of the things that we were talking about was the fact that to have time to play this game, if you're in a relationship or you have you know friends that expect your time, they've got to be some understanding and some support in some way and you know part of how you and I could play Peter last week was that our wives were happy enough to let us sit and chuck cards around so we're we're very lucky in that regard cheers for that Alex hope the message gets through (laughs) thanks very much for listening thank you all Just keep you keep on talking. I've got a, I've got a cat I've got to sort out with. He's just stuck me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> can you, hear. Yeah. You, you um, just keep talking. Okay. Oh, hang on. <laughs> one on me as well.